Welcome back to the Sex Den Podcast. You are here with your hosts, Lauren and Camille, aka the Den Mothers on Instagram. I haven't said that in a little while. Oh, yeah. So our combined page for the podcast so that you don't miss any drops is at the Den Mothers. Our personal pages are She Wolf Lauren and Camille Joanne XO. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey. Today we are talking about how to mitigate negative self-talk. And how to stop hating men. Whoa. It's a good one. Wow. I know that personally, I've had a couple women lately just tell me, no, I just hate all men and they're awful. Yeah. I hated men so much (laughs) in my past. Fortunately, I've never hated men. (laughs) Yeah. If it's happened to me, it probably hasn't happened to Camille and vice versa. I have hated, I hated men so much. Yeah. I actually went through a tiny phase where I hated men and then Lauren helped me through it and I will tell you how. Okay. Yeah. During that segment, of course. Yeah. So welcome back to the sex and we are so excited to have you for another week. Just a quick reminder, if you want extra exclusive content, if you want to hear some bonus Q&As, see some more stuff from our childhood because we post some really fun stuff on our Patreon, Mm -hmm. you can join us for $11.11 a month. You are also entered into a raffle each month to potentially win a two-on-one session with the Den Mothers. Yeah. And we just had our session with our first winner and it was so wonderful. We took a selfie from the session. So we'll post it on our Patreon page. Yeah. But it's just so wonderful to be able to connect with you two on one and to just hear your stories and how long you've been listening and everything. Yeah. It was wonderful. And also our Patreon member who won was just an absolute gem. Yeah. Such an angel. Yeah. It was such a great experience to meet and just have a conversation one on one. So if you want to be entered In the next raffle, that raffle is happening on November 1st. So go to patreon.com slash the sex den to join our membership today. Yes. Woohoo! All right, let's get cracking. Let's Let's get get into it. So we've talked about this before, but this is just a recurring concern and question for so many listeners, I feel like. Oh, yeah. It is for so many people in the whole world. (sighs) Yeah. How to mitigate negative self-talk. And let me just tell you that this is a journey that I feel like you have to practice for your whole life. Yeah, that's where I wanted to start too. Yeah. Is that I feel in general this might actually be – whoops, are we going to do our weekly update? Oh my gosh. <laughs> because I, I was just going to jump in, but I it felt so – I didn't feel ready. Holy crap. That makes sense. I was feeling like – we were missing something and how dare us. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know why this is funny? Because last week we were a little late on recording. So this is really like a four-day update. Right. Yes. <clears throat> but I think some fun stuff has happened in the meantime. So let's start with weekly update quickly. Z. Okay. My weekly update is as follows. I've been healing from not a spiritual sickness, yeah. but I have been healing from being sick still. I couldn't <sighs> believe it. So um, I've been feeling so much better. We went to cacao this morning and just really enjoyed ourselves. I'm sorry. Can I just take a quick break and say that Lauren is addicted to cacao? (laughs) I 
<laughs> gave up caffeine. Yeah. And let me tell you, well, I didn't, you know, I didn't fully give it up. Did we talk about that on a podcast episode? No, not really. When did I oh, talk wait. about that? I do think you actually said your body. Yes, we did. Your body was telling you no more caffeine. You are healing your gut. Yes. So here we are. Okay. Yes. So I have caffeine maybe like once every two weeks now and it will be in the form of like a green tea or if I really want to, I'll get a specialty coffee over at Leafs. Wow. Which shout out Leafs to our friends, Thomas and Femme. Yes. We love Leafs. L-I-E-F-S. The best Tulum. coffee yeah. in Tulum. If you <laughs> come to Tulum, you got to go to Leafs. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, we – uh, yeah, I stopped drinking coffee, but I found a new passion, and my <laughs> new passion is cacao. So I love going to get cacao. I think it's so much fun, and it's like a little special date with my sister and other locals. Yeah, it's cacao is really interesting, and it actually has less caffeine than even matcha. No, I don't think it has any caffeine. Yeah, it. it no, that's right. I looked it up and it said, no, it's not caffeine. There's it's just no this caffeine. cacao bean. Yeah. And it tastes like a mixture of hot chocolate and heaven. Yeah. It's like hot <laughs> chocolate, heaven, and you get a little bit of a, an acidic kick like you would with coffee. Not a bad acidic, but you know what I mean? It's like a little bit, yeah. uh, not tart, yeah, but just different. Uh yeah, I know what word it's you're looking for. It's not super and I sweet. Either. I yeah. don't like super sweet stuff. No. So anyway, it is just so good. And so I like to make it a point to yeah. go there. You Lauren know. lives five minutes from the best one in Tulum. So she's been going almost every day. <laughs> I love it so much. <laughs> and I cut out caffeine too, other than like matchas here and there. So having a little morning ritual drink, it, there is something special about it. I love it. Yeah. And it's my favorite place to go brainstorm for the podcast. And so that's where we brainstormed today for this episode. Yeah. So we went today. Yeah. <laughs> Which is so fun. And my – did you have any other weekly update? You know what? I had something to say to, yeah. the, to the audience. So I have never been a big movie gal. Ah. Shane and I, for whatever reason, since we moved to Tulum, we kind of went through a hibernation phase when we first got here yeah. where it felt like we couldn't do anything else. And if you haven't been to Tulum, it's – a, kind of a vortex location and mm -hmm. I don't mean kind of actually I mean full-blown get ready to have your socks knocked off if you yeah. come here for more than about a month or even it could be two weeks as you said it was a spiritual body slam it's a spiritual <laughs> body slam when you show yeah. up to Tulum we have a friend who just came and she's like I'm so sorry that I didn't get to spend time with you she got spiritually body slammed like hard but everybody does. everybody does if you're here for not just a party for the weekend because you might not feel it but if you're here for about a week or more you will be spiritually body slammed I can almost guarantee it yeah and so anyway I had like a 30-day initiation yeah. spiritual body slam right when we first got here and Shane and I picked up movie watching. We had never been movie watchers. And I am just here to say that I've watched more movies in the past <laughs> 30 days, 45 days after being sick and everything. And yeah. I'm, I love movies. Yeah. We were movie deprived. Totally. When we, we were, were younger. We media were, deprived. Yeah, we were media deprived, which in so many ways is great because I almost feel like we get to watch all these movies for the first time as adults when you're actually retaining the information. Yeah. Except for 
something weird about it is because we weren't movie people, I actually movies sort of just go in one ear and out the other. I am so captivated by the experience of the movie and I have these favorite movies, but I literally could not tell you one main character's name. I know. It's really weird. It's like my body doesn't, my brain doesn't register movies other than do I like how I feel when I'm watching it or do I not? Right. Mine too. Yeah. So I'm like, I love Avatar. That's my favorite movie, I would say. And I could not tell you a single character's name. Well, that's because they speak in a series of clicks. (laughs) (laughs) No, they have real names. Ashwagandha. (laughs) Ashwagandha. I'm pretty sure. No, Ashwagandha. You know what Ashwagandha is. It's a root. Yeah. (laughs) It's a (laughs) superfood. It's like a chia seed. Yeah, it's like a chia seed. Um, (laughs) Spirulina. No, they do have names (laughs) of which I cannot remember. Jake. Jake. Sully. Sully. Maybe as one. Sully's one. Okay. Jake Sully. No, Jake Sully is his name. Okay. (laughs) We can remember Jake Sully. (laughs) Okay. I'm getting an energetic rush right now from thinking how I feel like I'm about to have a panic attack. (laughs) Are you really? Do you want to take a break? (laughs) Nope. I'm going to push through it and just see what happens. (laughs) Okay. Well, I wanted to say about Jake Sully is that I have figured out that I have to watch movies with subtitles mm. or else I can't even really follow along the plot anymore. I don't even know what's happening if I'm not able to read it too. So wow, I've been loving subtitles. And then the other day I got a little bit sad feeling like maybe if I'm reading that I'm not enjoying. I don't know. Oh, I think you're doing just exactly what you need to be doing. <laughs> Are you doing okay? Yes. Do you want to talk about what a panic attack feels like? Yeah, let's just talk about it since it's kind of happening to me. A panic attack in my body feels like this overwhelming rush of adrenaline. Okay. My heart starts to beat a little faster. I'm very aware of all of my senses. And things sort of start to look like they're in HD. Okay. I can hear there's this kind of hammering happening in the back, which is really – you probably can't hear it. I'm seeing it's not registering on our mics. Yeah. I can hear everything really clearly. And when I start to take notice of my body, I actually start to feel that I'm breathing in a really shallow manner. So when Mm. I get really excited and I'm kind of rushing around to do stuff, my body seems to be overwhelmed. So I can recognize what's going on and start pulling breath deeper into my belly and kind of just slow down my actions and then hopefully the feeling will go away. And if it doesn't, the the thing that's really changed my life in terms of panic attacks is actually welcoming them in. Mm. Before I would have this like, oh my God, I'm going to have a panic attack during the podcast recording. It's going to be so weird. And now it's like, if it happens, it just happens. It's a part of life. It's fine. And Shane, Lauren's fiance, is also my spiritual teacher, basically. He's the one who said that. Just kind of be like, bring it on. I'm so ready for you. Right, yeah. (laughs) And smiling through it actually helps. Letting your body know that the feeling of that's kind of building is not – you're not scared of it. You're just, okay, if it happens, it happens. And Mm. usually that kind of helps to stop – to stop it happening. Wow. I've never seen you have one still. I don't think I've ever been around you when you've had one. It usually happens at night. I actually haven't had one in three months. Wow. Yeah. And it was happening very rarely 
before yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. I, it kind of like December and then one happened in like June. So they're spacing out much more. Wow. It's I'm so like interesting. Okay. I've never had one in my own body. So it's just interesting to hear your perception of it. Yeah. Or like what it feels like. Yeah. Wow. Thanks for sharing. But yeah. Now I think it's fine. Okay. Yeah. It's kind of passing. Okay. So, okay. I'll give my little weekly update. Okay. Is that the most exciting thing is my free diving experience. Yes. Oh, jelly. Yeah. So I finally got back into the water. So I, my first free dive training was a couple weeks ago. Then I got sick. So I was having a sinus thing. Then Lauren's birthday. So it had been a couple weeks since I got to do a training session. And I went yesterday and I free dove 22 meters down. Wow. Which is 70 feet. Ah! Yes. And that was my personal best. And it is the most wonderful. I, I just can't explain how much the sport. It's kind of a sport. It's totally a sport. Yeah, it's a sport. It feels like it is made for my body. I know. Because you practice. I've been practicing meditation and breath work for so long. And it's a way to – really tie everything together, this spiritual aspect, calming the mind and doing something physical with your body and being in the water, which is my favorite place. Yeah. So it's this really spiritual experience. It's, we were in the water for like almost four hours and you are pretty much meditating the entire time. Right. So if you have not seen free diving, (laughs) it's going down as far as you can in depth, holding your breath. There is no oxygen involved. So you are doing this form of meditation where you're breathing really slowly and then you sort of just go upside down and pull down this rope, holding your breath, holding your breath. And the more relaxed and meditated and in, in, in a meditative state you can get, the better the dive is. Yeah. So I'll be posting some content to my Instagram showing my dive. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited. I can't wait to go with you. I Lauren, know. We haven't, I haven't gone yet with Lauren and Shane. So we're yeah. going next week with our dad. With our dad. Yeah. Our parents are coming this weekend. And yeah, when it comes to free diving, it's just like the most amazing thing. I can't wait to go and yeah. get some cool footage and just explore under the sea with you or under the cenotes. But I did want to say, and I, I wonder if you ever do this too, where I like to float on my stomach with my face in the water. Yeah. <laughs> so there are different ways that you can like do really your do it's your called breathe a up. breathe up. It's called Which a breathe preparing. Up. Yeah. Preparing for your dive. Yeah. You do like deep belly breathing for 10 breaths and then you do it just a series of breath holds or breath, yeah. you know, not holds, but inhales and exhales. Yeah. Basically. And Rhythmic breathing. Rhythmic breathing. Anyway, so I like to float on my stomach with my butt up in the air, basically, and just have my eyes open in my mask. (laughs) And I I do. I pretend like I'm dead. I'm not joking. I'm like, (laughs) how close to dead can I become? (laughs) And I will float there on the surface just like, how slow can my heart rate be? How deep can my breaths be? And yeah. I swear if somebody videoed me from the bottom up, they would be like, holy shit, this woman is like not okay. Because I try to pretend like I'm dead. Yeah. And I love it. It I is so relaxing. And you have a snorkel. So you're right. like, 
you have this snorkel that's floating. <laughs> you're facing down. That's how you prepare this breathe up. And you're just like floating there. And I try to be as dead as possible. <laughs> sometimes I close my eyes. Sometimes I'm looking at the other people. And then all of a sudden you just take your snorkel out, put it up on the little buoy, and then you just like and yeah. plummet down into the depth. Yeah. Yeah. I swear by the time I actually die, I will be so ready for it. <laughs> I And not like I'm wanting to die, but it's just that I feel like I practice it all the time. Just the most relaxed feeling. <laughs> I'm just thinking about this friend I have posted a meme the other day, and it was this guy floating like that, belly down in the pool. And it's like, when you're a kid and you pretend like you are dead in the pool to see if your parents care. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you're just like, I yes. just remember doing that as a kid and now I'm doing that as a sport. <laughs> me too. I love it. And I'm so excited to go with dad. Oh my God, me too. So, yeah, for those who don't know, our dad was a Navy SEAL. Yeah, he was a Navy SEAL and he had two daughters and we were luckily both pretty athletic you more than me yeah. I couldn't take it seriously we were both athletic. but we're so excited to take him and I know it's going to be the highlight of Shane's trip too yeah me too yeah so anyway we love free diving Yay. it's so much fun I know and should we talk about some negative self-talk let's get into negative self-talk okay this is going to be a short segment because we have talked about it before right and also we just have some tips and tricks of how to mitigate this experience. So what we were saying before we jumped back to our weekly update is that this is a lifetime journey. Yeah, I don't – the thing is, is I don't know if it's a lifetime journey. Like if you're going to constantly be having to, you know, talk yourself out of talking shit to yourself. Yeah. But I feel like it's at first a big – effort and a mm -hmm. practice like I, I'll have clients come to me and they're like well you know we'll be working together for a couple of weeks or whatever and they're like well I just still am like basically hating myself and criticizing myself and I'm like yes of course because you've been criticizing yourself for 30 years so now it takes some practice and effort I'm like how long have you have you been doing your affirmations every day no have you been writing in your journal about your thoughts no okay well that has to begin now. It totally. takes effort. It's effort, effort. It's not just hearing this once mm. and then being like, well, I should be fixed by now. It's like yeah. the intention of loving your mind and your body. Yeah. Same thing we kind of discussed on our last episode. It's this effort of coming back to presence. Mm -hmm. And that means noticing when it's happening and continuing to – do these things we're going to talk about over and over with no expectation of, okay, I'm going to do this for two weeks and then I'm going to feel better. You know, just doing it with the intention of falling more in love with your body. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And of yourself. And your mind. Like yeah. the, the question that we received was around feelings of worthlessness, mm. like self-worth, feeling not good enough, like you're not doing enough. And honestly, I, I can – I had a really hard time with negative self-talk around my work ethic. Mm. So when I got out of grad school, I basically I, – I had only known school for my whole life. I went right from high school, which I graduated early from, into college, which I graduated early from, and then immediately into grad school. Mm. And so I had known how to achieve – 
diplomas yes. basically like I knew Accolades. that yeah that that formula worked really well for me and when I got out of that I basically floundered for like six years trying to figure out what my worth work ethic was did I like working why did I always want to quit the job I was in yes. why would I you know get a real estate <laughs> license and never sell a house it was like I had a lot of shit that I had started talking shit to myself about mm. a lot like mm -hmm. you're not a hard worker you're you know can't stick to anything you start mm. a project and you don't finish it like I was talking to myself like that a lot and one day I realized that I was doing that which is by the way step number one so mm. if your self-talk is if you're not even registering your self-talk that's the first part it's noticing that you're talking negatively to yourself. It's yeah. picking up on it. Because mm -hmm. some of us will be like, yeah, my self-talk is bad. But when it's actually happening, we don't notice that it's happening. Mm. It's just yeah. in reflection. Yeah. So it's catching yourself. Noticing is the first part. And then replacing it with something. Replacing it with a deep breath. Mm. Replacing it with a mantra that ha can have nothing to do with what you're talking about. I've said this before, but mine is I love you. If I noticed that my head was telling me mean things about myself, I would just say I love you, I love you, I love you and repeat it until that had passed. Yeah. And um, I don't really believe in the like replace it with something that's the opposite of that. Yes. You know, I hear that though a lot. Like um that people will say, "Oh, if you have a negative thought, tell yourself the opposite thing." Like, you know, if you're standing in front of the mirror and you're saying, "Ugh, I look so fat." Instead, say, "You look so fit. You look so beautiful." It's like a reverse psychology thing, but for me that always just felt like kind of lying to myself. Mhm. Mm mm -hmm. Yeah, I was going to say that I have been really trying to nail this point into a lot of people lately that I don't necessarily believe that everything negative we say is bad. Mm. I don't like to be defining these things as like good mm -hmm. or bad. Whatever you're thinking mm -hmm. is just a thought. Mm -hmm. They're all just thoughts. Mm -hmm. So how can you welcome them in more and – open up a space inside of you for more compassion towards those thoughts. Mm -hmm. Because I think that sometimes the longer we push those down and down, the longer term effects we actually have from those, whether that shows up later in, you know, a chronic illness mm -hmm. or if it shows up later in panic or anxiety. So when you're having thoughts like that, instead of going, oh, no, I don't want to have that. No, I'm beautiful. I'm strong. I'm smart. I like to just acknowledge that they're there, say, I see you, I hear you, and thank you for showing up, but today you're not welcome. Like literally talking to those thoughts in your mind and sometimes a way to come back from that is doing a mantra, you know, acknowledge that they're there, thank you, and then hold your heart. I love you, I love you, mine is I trust you, I trust you, I trust you. and creating that as just a ritual, mm -hmm. you know, not just doing it when you're having the negative talk, but having that as like a morning practice for mm -hmm. you, like waking up and saying, I love you so much or smiling at yourself, you know, looking at yourself in the mirror. It's, 
it's an important practice even if the thoughts aren't there. Mm-hmm. So that is my guidance. Welcome the thoughts. Acknowledge that they're there. Those things are wanting to be heard and seen and you've probably been ignoring them for a long time. Mm-hmm. So how can you open compassion and ask them to take a back seat? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just a reminder too, I love that. Just a reminder that you're allowed to reparent yourself. So mm-hmm. a lot of times these thoughts, this negative self-talk comes up as expectations we've created of ourselves at a very young age. Like if you're having talks about worthlessness or that you're going to be abandoned or Mm. that um, your body isn't good enough, all of that kind of stuff, that probably sprouted pretty early. Yeah. eight to 12-ish. And it's okay if that doesn't ring true for you. But those are times when we can go back and hold our inner children and say, honey, I love you. You are absolutely worthy of love. Even if you're a little gordita, like if you're chubby when you're young or you, you know, had farkle teeth or whatever it is that you're still holding on to, if you felt that you had to be a perfectionist and get everything right so that your work was good and people valued you, Mm. you know, like look at really what the roots of those things are because it can help to also uproot them and Mm. say, okay, whoa, back Back then, I was a kid. Yeah. I was doing my best. You know, I was so freaking cute. And when I talk negatively to myself, I'm talking negatively to her. Like, you wouldn't go up to an 11 or a 12-year-old and say, hey, fat ass, like, you suck big time. Yeah. Even thinking about, like, if you were hearing a friend talk about them that – talk about themselves in that way, how would you want to comfort them? Mm Mm-hmm. And welcoming that same energy in for yourself. Mm -hmm. I love what you're talking about, about inner children, because thinking of this on a scale of this method that I really love called internal family systems, in thinking about the thoughts in our mind, usually those thoughts are protectors, protecting these sort of inner children that have been wounded in the past. Mm -hmm. So maybe there were times when you were like, I'm so cute. I love my body. And someone was like, no, you're not. Mm -hmm. And then this little protector will show up inside of you saying, well, don't think those things again because you were hurt when you did that before. Mm -hmm. So really just kind of getting to the root of those things. And like you said, just honoring and reparenting and Mm -hmm. unlearning what our inner children have known from before. Mm-hmm. So I love that. Yeah. And if this is a question, if maybe you're listening to our podcast for the first time, make sure that you listen to the episode called How to Love Your Body. I think it's like episode 27, 26 or 27. Yeah. 26 or 27. 26, maybe 28. I don't know. Nope, not 28. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it's How to Love Your Body. And we go through in detail other ways to really help uproot this stuff. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. I think that was great. Thank you so much for whoever wrote in that question. And She wrote us an email, which you're all welcome to do as well. Yeah. And we do love our questions and we prioritize them on our Patreon. So Mm -hmm. we answer a lot of cues there. Yes, we do. So today our main topic is – how to stop hating men. Mm-hmm. Why were you so called to this subject, Lauren? We're sweaty. 
we I think we should just address it. Okay. We have taken multiple breaks <laughs> this episode. <laughs> um, the first one came in the form of me almost having a panic attack. We actually yes. did end up stopping. <laughs> yes. Lauren gave me some food to eat. We had to relax. We had to chit chat for a little bit. Then we came back. We did a little bit of how to love your body. And then Lauren needed a break. I am not a business person. At least that's not an identity that I've claimed. And so sometimes being on a schedule, while it's so important for me, I can have a lot of resistance come up. Yeah. And we really need to record today. And I'm actually really excited for our topic, but our parents are coming in this weekend. So it's like, we don't really have a choice. We're doing it today because we want to talk about this. Yep. And it's important. And I just needed some energy. Yeah. So we did. What do we do? We swamped. We swamped. In terms of the pussy book. Yes. We swamped. (laughs) So if you, I've mentioned this a couple of times now, we got our energy out through a method, the book called Pussy Reclamation. They call it swamping where you turn on songs and you are seen in exactly how you need to be seen. Lauren and I were stomping around like little kids. We were like, I don't want to. Stupid. Stupid. This is stupid. It's hard to be an adult. Blah, blah, blah. Putting our tongues out. And then we turned on a sexy song and we had a sexy dance. Yeah. We twerked. We looked at ourselves (laughs) in the mirror. We spanked each other. We did all the things you would think. Yeah. I do a lot of my mornings that way alone. Wow. (laughs) I used to do that more when I lived alone. But now I'm like, I don't want to wake Shane up if he's asleep. Yeah. So I'm going to start doing it. I'm calling yeah, him back. You can close your door in here and just do a little dancing. I do it while I'm doing my makeup. I do yeah. some, mm, mm, mm. And sometimes I feel good. Sometimes I dance with Rudy. Sometimes I'm sexier. It's yeah. just fun to welcome my mornings like that. Well, and I actually think this is a great transition into what I wanted to talk about today, mm-hmm. which is we – well, we already sort of introduced it, is that we're talking about how to stop hating men. Mm. And part of that, I think, is really checking in with yourself right now. And while you may not consciously be thinking, I hate men, check in and see what your attitude toward the masculine is. Mm. Because I think so many of us would be like, no, I don't hate men. Some of us may claim that we do, you know. But it's like, Check in with yourself and actually be real about how you feel toward the masculine. Mm. Because I think that a lot of us have, I would say 99% of women have internalized rage. Yes. And have that like feminine rage inside of you because there are a lot of reasons to be angry toward the masculine, right? Like so many of us have been assaulted, wounded, manipulated. Yeah. I mean, Mm -hmm. so many of us, so many of our fathers weren't there for us or when they were, there was abuse involved Mm -hmm. or they were absent or they left us at a certain time. Like I really feel like as a generation and probably I don't know if our mothers have this same wound, but likely that we just haven't had the best representation of the masculine. Yeah. And so there's a lot of rage. So much rage. I also want to just put a little snippet. Maybe you'll agree with this, maybe not. But I feel like there has actually been a transition into thinking that women need to be playing the more masculine role Mm -hmm. in terms of like having the good job, supporting being the one to hold space, it feels like the more we grow in our independence as women, the more we actually 
are sort of filling that role in the relationships and then also having rage about it. Yeah, we're exhausted. Yeah. And we feel resentful. Yes. Yeah. There, yeah. There's so much here and it's it's such an important topic and there's no wonder that we had a swamp before this because <laughs> yeah. they're really – like I – I just want to say that I worked so hard before I was even in a relationship with Shane toward not hating the masculine, mm. like letting the masculine in. And then when he and I were together, even though it had nothing to do with Shane, so much was coming up still mm. that I would project at him because of past experiences. Yeah. And so it's like this thing that we need to be aware of. And I want to offer today a couple of ways that we can – start to harmonize the masculine and the feminine within ourselves mm. because what happens I think is when we have rage that is unprocessed toward the masculine and we either overtly or covertly hate men yes we're also hating 50% of ourselves Oof. Because, Great point. You know yeah. what I mean? Like the masculine in us needs care and tender affection as well. Mm. And when we're projecting that kind of anger and rage outwardly, what's happening is that's inside of us as well. Mm. It's the yin and the yang. You can't express it without ingesting some of it. Wow. You know? Yeah. I guess I've never even really thought about it in that way and it couldn't be more true. Yeah. Yeah. So so I wrote down some things. Let's see it. Okay, so first, and I didn't even tell you this, Camille. Yeah. But um in order to face this, first what I just said is check in with yourself about mm. how you really feel about this. If you've been harmed physically, mentally, emotionally by men, check in with yourself. If you've been harmed by your father, by your stepfather, by your grandfather, check in with yourself. If you have rage that's not even yours to have, for example, if you've seen your mother treated in a particular way by men, if you've seen your grandmother treated in a particular way by men, mm -hmm. anybody treated in a particular way by men, check in with yourself. How do you honestly feel about that? Mm. Once you sit with it and – there are probably things coming up where it's like, okay, well, this man was amazing. This man was really fucked up. The way I view men at large in society is either fucked up or good or neutral, whatever. Just check in with yourself. Mm -hmm. And if there's rage there, if you feel a boiling, a fear, a frustration, a I never want to date again, I mm. never want to love again, all men are the worst, they're going to hurt me in some way so I keep my distance, all men are abandoners or, mm. you know, abandoners, I don't mm -hmm. even know if that's a word, but all of that, that living inside of you, we have to find a place where that actually isn't fully true. Mm. And if you can find a place where it's not true, you can release it. Mm. So any good man you've ever known, any good representation of a man on TV that you feel, oh, wow, okay, that's how I want to be treated. Any man you can envision, mm. any way that you could imagine you wanted to be treated, mm. it exists. Mm -hmm. And so allowing that to kind of come into your psyche too and recognizing I don't hate men. I hate the way that I've been treated 
by men or I hate the way my mother was treated. Mm, separating that. Separating yeah, that. That is really important. And expressing the rage. Mm. So I don't feel like you can be fully embodied in your feminine until you have felt rage. Until you have let rage permeate every single one of your cells, until you've sweated out, cried it out, punched it out, screamed it out, screamed it out, like sobbed, wept, until that has happened, I don't think we can fully embody healthy feminine. Mm. Painted it out, sang it out, yeah, danced it out. Uh-huh. I, I just want any creative form uh-huh. too feels to me like expressing it out of your body. Yeah. Journaled about it, like yeah. saying about it, cried. It, it's like it has to make it out of your body in mm-hmm. some way. It has to make it out. Yeah. Because when it's inside, it feels – when you imagine rage that's stuck in a box, it feels tight. It feels chaotic. It feels like something that needs to explode. Mm. When we have that in us, there's no way that we can embody true divinity until it's exploded, until it's expressed. Yeah, can I I I want to make a comment too. I feel like the more we bottle that in, it's almost like the experience where when we don't like how our parent was and we reject it so deeply, we become the parent. Right. The more we reject and hold on to that anger, I feel like we're also calling in that type of experience. I know. We're calling in multiple times being treated wrongly by men or choosing the wrong man because it's like it's so deep in us. We don't even realize Mm -hmm. that that's what we're manifesting. Oh, my God. I'm so glad you just said that because I just have an experience that relates so deeply with that. Mm. I hated, hated, hated this one particular type of man. Mm. I know. I know what kind of man And it's the kind of man that always had privilege based on their looks. Mm -hmm. It's like this blonde, light-skinned man with blue eyes, muscular, kind of tall, somebody that I feel like could get away with anything in the legal system. Mm -hmm. You know, like somebody that I just Mm -hmm. see and I'm like, fuck you. Mm -hmm. I know that everything you've ever done in your life, even if you've been through some shit, that you just get to be on top. Like, no matter what. It's like, you can hurt somebody, you can assault somebody, and in the legal system, they're just going to pretty much look favorably upon you. Yes. I had so much rage toward that kind of a man. The way they might treat a woman, the way they might speak about women behind closed doors, directly to their faces, Mm. to their fraternity brothers. You get the idea. Oh, I get the idea. And I rejected that so much that guess who I was sleeping with? Those fucking people. Those fucking people. God damn it. Those fucking people. Yes. And it was like, it 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 was was almost like this power thing. It was a power thing. Yeah. Yes. Where I was like calling them literally into my body and Mm -hmm. like holding so tightly onto this. I hate this style except for I'm like enamored by it too. Mm -hmm. This like power of it. Mm -hmm. And so it's really interesting how – that kind of a thing. Like, I know that for me it was true. Yeah. And for some people it's like you have so much rage toward your abusive father that you continue to call in abusive partners who are teaching the same lesson. Yes. Where the mind goes, the energy flows. Yes. 
And so Mm -hmm. what we must do is release this Mm -hmm. and recognize it, call it for what it is. So many of us can look at our dating history and be like, oh yeah, you know, I call in this similar kind of person. But really look at your own patterning. Like, what are you holding on to that's so captivating? Because rage is captivating. Yeah. It's a strong energy force. It really is. So when it's in in you, yeah, yeah, it's there's like this feeling of it. And I'm totally ranting right now and I'm liking it. I'm liking it too. Because what I'm wanting to say too is that rage is such a powerful, powerful force. And it's not bad. To have rage mm. is really important. Yes. Rage changes our social structure. Rage changes society. Rage changes us. Mm-hmm. We have it for a reason. Yes. It's just that when it goes unexpressed, it's hurting you and it's hurting the world because you continue to call in those people that are not serving you mm. and it's perpetuating what you saw in your mother, in your grandmother, in all of these women around you. So yeah. you have to cut that shit off. A hundred percent. Yeah. And I also like to think of, of it in this way. If as a population of women, anyone who identifies as a woman, if we are constantly putting our energy towards thinking all men are terrible, that is also perpetuating the problem. Mm-hmm. Like I just think about it in my own life and I remember where I had this little moment of – I hate men. Mm-hmm. And you passed me a video by Brene Brown about living through your heart, mm-hmm. living through vulnerability. And I was thinking, yeah, honestly, my hating men is stemming from the fact that I'm not able to be vulnerable mm. and call in the right type of person. Mm-hmm. I was calling in, same thing, those like hot, stupid guys who like aren't giving me any attention. I was like wanting their attention so badly. Mm-hmm. So in turn, I had to become more vulnerable and allow that piece of me to release in order to think to myself, I actually want to call in a beautiful relationship with a man who fulfills me. I believe there are men like that Mm -hmm. in hoping that putting that energy out is calling men up Mm -hmm. instead of pushing them down and saying, you're all just shitty. So you don't deserve the love either. Right. You know, welcoming a space where we can call each other up. Yeah. That's how I like to think about it. Yeah. I mean, me too. Yeah. And and when we do that, we allow that kind of person to bloom. And I'm not yes. saying – what I want to be clear about is that we're not bypassing any of the shit that has happened to 100%. us. hundred percent. Or bypassing any of the men that have treated women horribly over the years. But what we're saying is when you can release this from your body – call it what it is, say I'm having this pattern of rage Mm -hmm. toward the masculine and I'm not releasing it. Mm. When we as women decide, you know what, I actually don't want that narrative to be true. I don't believe that that narrative is true. There are some shitty men. Yes. There are some shitty men and they were once babies too. Like they Mm. are victims of the same society that we are. And so mm-hmm. not to pardon their actions, but to say, like, can we see them with compassion? Can mm-hmm. we forgive our fathers? Mm. And that yeah. is my next point, is like, where can we call in forgiveness? Wonderful. Forgiveness. forgiveness. 
is more than saying sorry. Okay. <laughs> That's what it is, folks. Forgiving your father is really important. <laughs> um, seeing him as a human being. And obviously, you're on your own road to forgiveness. So if your dad was a really horrible person to you, I understand if you want to hold some resentment toward him, but the only person that that's hurting at this point is you. I have a book recommendation here. Mm. My dear friend, Jordan. You can follow him at Logos Jones. Mm. I was in his music video. Yes. If you haven't seen my music video, we're going to link it in this episode. Wow. I was in a music video, and it was really fun this year um, for my friend Jordan. So anyway, he recommended this book to me called Loving What Is, and – it is by Byron Katie. Maybe I suggested this on the last episode. I've said the words Byron Katie before you on a mic. You said Byron Katie last week with a little quote. Okay. So her book, Loving What Is, is really helpful if you have really deep trauma from your parents. Mm-hmm. Like sexual trauma stuff. If it's really deep. Reading Byron Katie's Loving What Is is really helpful. Her methodology for getting through that and getting to a point where you can kind of see how everything in your life was exactly what it needed to be to make you who you are today is really great. So Loving What Is by Byron Katie. I highly recommend it. That's actually one I haven't read yet. Hmm. So when we're doing this process of forgiving – I know that this is a process that we complete alone because everybody has different levels of trauma. Everybody has different levels of what their body feels like it has the capacity to do. But where can people start on forgiveness? Mm -hmm. Well, honestly, beginning on forgiveness is also a lot about forgiving yourself and having compassion for yourself for little things. Like I feel like forgiveness is a process that starts within and then you can extend it without. So when you have compassion for yourself for things in your life that maybe you've messed up or times when you haven't been perfect, times when you've hurt people, times when you were surviving and maybe you did things that are less than favorable – Forgiving yourself for those and having compassion for yourself and just seeing where you can begin giving people the benefit of the doubt and expressing that compassion outward. So a way that I began doing this and letting go of a lot of resentment for little things first was like during road rage. So somebody cuts me off and I can take that as a slight like, oh my God, this fucking idiot you know all the road rage Mm. things that you can do and instead I just began convincing myself that that person was late to the hospital because their wife is giving birth I love just immediately giving the benefit of the doubt like okay I'm assuming goodwill I'm assuming goodwill Mm. I'm assuming and so starting like that and snowballing it into I'm assuming that my parents I'm remembering now that they're human and that they were just adults with kids who are now – were our ages now when they had kids. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of like seeing your parents as not just your parents but as people in the world 
and letting go of some of that stuff that you can say, okay, wow, my dad was abused. My grandfather was abused. It's this long lineage of, and I'm using like pretty extreme examples, but it's a long lineage of people being hurt and then hurting others. And not that they didn't know any better. We don't have to use that language, but just saying that they were using the tools that they had at the time. And that's what happened. That is what happened. So no matter how much you hate your dad, hate your ex-boyfriend, it's not going to change the outcome of what occurred. And so seeing yeah. where you can forgive, not for them, you don't even have to tell them that you've forgiven them unless you want to in a letter or something, but for you. Because holding on to that anger and that rage toward another person is just holding on to it within your own body. And we are then passing that down to the next generation. Mm -hmm. Energetically or by our body literally giving birth to someone who is then instilled with our trauma. Right. I think generational patterning is actually really beneficial for this piece in forgiveness and I think, it, like you said, there's no excuse for it. There's never an excuse for the way that you were treated. But recognizing the patterning in people, it opens up a new level of compassion for humans in general. Mm -hmm. You know, and I've been through some pretty traumatic incidents and – Almost everybody has, to mm -hmm. be honest, um, especially as women, man. Like one in three women are sexually assaulted. I mean, really think about that. And also something that kind of helped me was thinking, man, what kind of childhood did that person have where they grew up not having that type of moral standard? Right. You know, like really thinking – wow, even if it's something in their karmic history, you know, just knowing that like they're a person and no baby is born with that type of mentality. So what happened to them where that experience seemed okay to mm -hmm. them, you know? I mean, and I just think about the suffering in the other person, like no no soul, no body is wanting to damage another person in that way. So what suffering subconsciously are they enduring, mm -hmm. you know, and just extending compassion and, and thinking of them as just they once were a child, you right. know, and how can I, how can I create forgiveness in my body so that I can let go? Like you don't have to hold that pain. Yeah, you know? and I think that's an important point is, like, you deserve to let that go. Yeah. You deserve it. You deserve to forgive other people. You deserve to forgive the masculine. Not that you're going to walk around with rose-colored glasses and just feel like, oh, nobody's ever going to hurt me again. Like, you can still make good judgment calls or make, you know, work on judgment and, like, calling – not judgment in like a judging way, but work on your um, ability to decipher what you want and what you don't want, what serves you and what doesn't serve you. Mm -hmm. But you deserve to forgive the people who have hurt you. You deserve to want healthy relationships and healthy love and healthy friendships with the masculine. Mm -hmm. That's something that you can have in this lifetime, regardless of your sexual orientation, whether you want to have sex with men or not. 
having a relationship with the masculine that feels wonderful and supportive is totally available. Mm. And mm-hmm. you deserve it. Yeah, you really do deserve it. Mm-hmm. And the people and I feel like the men who are really in their masculine and making efforts and making women feel safe and like supported and held also really deserve it. Yeah, they do. Because I know some great men like, yeah, you know, and and men who like want to be better men and who are yes. trying their best to be to like undo the wounds of their past. You know, and when you have women who are holding men to that kind of standard and saying, like, this is the kind of man that I want to be with, men Mm -hmm. do the work. I really believe they do. Yeah. It's wonderful. Because they're coming from a generation of, like, we can just talk even about our own generation. Like, we really have no, in the West at least, no initiation ceremonies or no, like, passing of the torch for masculinity women get their periods and so biologically we have I mean you know most women get their periods biologically we are kind of go into this new phase of our lives we hear a lot about the mother the maiden and the crone or the maiden the mother and the crone Mm -hmm. we hear a lot about that kind of talk when it comes to women not that it's perfect don't get me wrong yeah but in a lot of other societies boys have initiation ceremonies into being men you know they do like week-long vision quests to see what their role is in the tribe like these are ancient practices and stuff but men were brought up by men in the tribe and that's sort of how they be they went from being the um warriors and the like conquer archetype into the provider the supporter the beautiful like adult masculine was they actually had ceremonies for that and we don't have that shit we don't talk to boys about how to become men you know Mm -hmm. and that's been lost on our generation for years or on our society for years yeah so it really has so yeah we're a society of people who are pretty lost right now yeah I also like to think about this in the way of like I don't know. I don't want to make excuses for people either. It's yeah, so it's hard. hard. Yeah, yeah, it's like a it's a difficult subject. In my opinion, I just want to be able to think that people can change for the best. That's what I long for in our society. Mm-hmm. I think of like if I've ever done something to hurt somebody, and I have. I've mm-hmm. done things with my words, of course, that have hurt people and my desire as a person was to be better. Like to apologize for mistakes you know just I wanted a chance to show people that I could be better Mm -hmm. and mine were of course in like these smaller ways but I'm just trying to think about too like if we give the people the chance and the space to grow I just wonder how far that could take the masculine generate you know this the men in the world right now if we were giving if we gave the opportunity to forgive open compassion and like Show them how to be a fucking man. Yeah. (laughs) Like if they would take it upon themselves to grow, if we could all just like support each other as a unit, as like one connected being, you know? Yeah. I wanted to make them also like burn them all. Yeah, burn them all. Yeah. But not man hating, but you know what I mean. Yeah. People who are repeat offenders. Yeah. Repeat offenders. Just cut their (laughs) body in half. (laughs) Okay. But what – What I also want to say is forgiveness 
I want to get back to forgiveness and now I can't get that song out of my head. I know. And that's okay. I actually just kind of want to have a conversation about this. We're not the authority figures on like how to save the masculine. We're saying that in our bodies, it felt good to let go of hating men and this is how we did it. Yeah. Like that's what feels good to talk about is Mm. just – this is one of those things where I can understand how people get to a point where they hate men it, and where they're afraid of men and afraid of so do I. dick, like in general. It's scary. So do it I. can be scary. Um, but what I wanted to get back to about um, forgiveness is that it doesn't mean forgiving and then welcoming people back into your life necessarily. Exactly. And I think that's really important to say is like – the we don't have to say I forgive you and I want a relationship with you I forgive you and like I want you back in my life let's begin texting I'm talking about this is something that comes from inside of you and whether that needs to be crying and almost like apologizing to them that they couldn't show up better you know Mm -hmm. like I I just guess I've had experiences like this healing body shame and stuff where I've cried so hard for mom you know and this is kind of personal actually hi mom if you're listening I love you and I think this is okay that we say it but I was really wounded by mom's body image you mm-hmm. know and I've just had times over my healing journey where I've wept for mom and like really cried for her and been like I'm so sorry that you couldn't love yourself like you needed to and then I learned from that Yeah. You know, and in the same way, like, I'm so sorry for the fathers who probably really deep down want to be good fathers and they don't know how or they think they're not worthy of it. They think they're not worthy of loving relationships. And so they really royally fuck up. Like, I'm so sorry for their soul and not in a pity way, but in an empathy and a compassion way. That's possible. You don't ever have to tell them that, but you can have moments of release. Yes. And the same thing comes for perpetrators of violence. Mm -hmm. You know, you, in order to heal, it's actually almost a necessity that it becomes this, um, what is that word? Acceptance. It's the um, blank acceptance. I don't know. Can't remember it's something I worked on in therapy. Maybe it'll come to me in a little mm-hmm. bit. But it's basically the thank you and fuck you. Okay, yeah. Do you know what I mm-hmm. mean? Like I can take that experience for what it was, have forgiveness, but still fuck you. You know, like right. and still we're gonna be at a distance forever. Right. You know, that's okay. It's just welcoming the space in your heart for the forgiveness breaking down the barrier and being able to walk forward in life without carrying that burden also Mm -hmm. they already emotionally spiritually and on a karmic level have to carry that burden you don't have to right you don't have to yeah yeah and I think that this kind of thing is also can be a really big challenge because when we decide to do this work what it also means is that we have to face what our excuses are for not being able to be present in our lives we have to face ourselves and be like oh wait a second if I let this go then what identities do I have to let go of Mm -hmm. if I've been 
a victim of child abuse, if I've been, uh, if I was abandoned by my father and that's kind of been where I source my pain and my identities that I've formed around that, if I haven't had to show up for other people because I've, I was wounded and I was abandoned, when we face this and release it and let go, we also have to let parts of ourselves die. And parts of ourselves that no longer serve us, the identities that we've been clinging on to, we also get to let those go. And that can be really challenging. Especially in a world full of people who identify with their pain. Right. Yeah. And it's not our fault. It's not necessarily your fault. No. Because there's – it's really imp- – I, I actually wanted to do a, a episode on this about like the victim – you know, we hear a lot about victim mentality, victim mentality, you're not a victim. But also I feel like we don't talk enough about really feeling your pain and that when you were a kid and things happened to you and or anytime and things happened to you, you were a victim. What do you mean? Like I have been a victim of abuse or, yeah. you, you know, violence in, in ways. It's like, well, geez, I'm a victim. Like, yes, I was. And so – accepting that and accepting I was really scared like I that was terrible I hated that I like didn't know what to do after I couldn't tell anybody like you know whatever it was allowing yourself to feel that to feel the fear that you experienced to feel the pain and to let it move through you so you can let go of it yeah that's what we're expressing because If you listen to our last episode or if you really listen to anything that I say, a lot of what Camille says is about coming into presence and being able to be present in your body. Mm. All of these things hold us back from presence. When we have resentment, when we have anger, when we have rage, when we have um, grudges or, or, you know, anything Mm. that we're holding on to, it's really hard for the body to find presence. Yeah, because those things keep coming up as Mm -hmm. the identity almost becomes an excuse for us. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, I see how this happened in my relationship, but it's because I'm a victim of. Right. Totally. You know, and you're just like, okay, how can we move on and become present in our life if we are clinging to the past identities and Mm -hmm. constantly bringing it up as, you know, replacement for just. I was not being present in that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I wasn't fully acting in self. Right. I, I don't know. It, yeah. There is a difference. It's a lot of forgive, claim, release. Mm-hmm. That's what it feels like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And there's no linear, as we always talk about, there's no linear um, like method for process. this. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's no three-step process. But there are ways to just notice, like, I like to center it a lot in what we talked about last episode. How do you want to feel toward men? How do you want to feel with the masculine? Is it that you want to feel safe, celebrated, supported, sexy, um, expressed, like, seen, heard, what is it that, how do you want to feel around the masculine? Mm. And if you don't feel that way now, if there's a lot of insecurity or hiding or um, mistrust, like not trusting them or keeping a distance, 
that's okay because however you got there is probably really valid. Mm -hmm. And also, what can you do to bring yourself closer to how you'd like to feel? Yes. And so that's what we're offering today is how can you claim your current status in your life and move toward a more peaceful existence within your body? Yes. You know. That was – so beautifully said. Thank you. Maybe we can make it our beginning clip. Yeah. <laughs> that will be it. Sometimes it just comes through. <laughs> yeah. That channeled and it hit. <laughs> that landed. I'll put my glasses yeah. back on. <laughs> yeah. It's because I took my glasses off. Yeah. So this was another episode where I feel we're kind of bouncing all over. And I'm just really liking these episode topics lately because it does feel like there are so many moving parts and also it just keeps coming back to this central topic for us which is just finding more presence like if we can find compassion if we can find forgiveness if we can stop identifying as a man hater Mm -hmm. how much more present can we live in our bodies Mm -hmm. how can we find the space to walk around and think I am you, you are me, you know, we are. It's all perfect. Yes, it's all perfect. And, um, you know, not, not in a toxic positivity way, but in a, I have worked through this shit so that I can live in a more peaceful center. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And recognizing that the things that have happened to us while we wouldn't have chosen them, it is really a unique experience because if the goal is peace in our body and the goal is centered and the goal is release of pain and suffering and attachment, if that's the goal, which is my goal, that's also and, my goal. and if it's not your goal, that's okay, but it's my goal. If that's my goal, then I have to assume that everything that has happened to me so far in this life, everything that I've participated in, anything, any harm that's been done to me has been perfect in my life Mm -hmm. because it means that I'm here with this experience and with this survival rate, I'm here. And so I can work with that and harness those lessons and share that with the world or share it with myself. I can be in service to others. I can journal about it. I can be here with that experience. And what is life if not an experience? So, geez. Yeah. So there's nothing toxic positive about that. No, I had the same conversation with a client today actually (laughs) about expressing or about the fact that everything in our life, nothing, nothing. And I'm talking about this as a person who has survived sexual assault. Yeah. That's a big deal. And also nothing in life is good or bad, defined as good or bad. It just is what it is. That was part of my experience. How can I channel that into still continuing to be present, still continuing to move forward and shine light for others? Right. You know? And when – when – The goal is presence. When our eye is on the presence prize, all of this will get uprooted. Nothing gets left behind. When we're present, 
it's like, oh, that fucking hurts. Oh my God, it's awful. It's awful. I hate it, but I'm in it. I'm in it. And that feeling, that ow, 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 is the rebirth. It's right before the final growth. That's growth. (laughs) That's growth. It's growth. Yeah. And so this episode today, and probably our episodes in the future, I feel like we're kind of evolving in that. Yeah. I mean, because this is, and this is what I really wanted from our podcast, honestly, is to go in this direction of using all these different examples, not hating men, you know, how to have better sex, whatever the topic is, how to heal from trauma, et cetera. And it really comes back to how do we shed and shed and shed and surrender and surrender and surrender so that we can be present for our lives for the maximum amount of minutes that we're alive? How can we do that? And Mm. it's coming back to that thread, that thread, that thread. Yeah. That's the value. That's the whole story. And we need to be reminded over and over again. That's what a spiritual teacher does for you. That's what a Buddhist teacher or a Dzogchen teacher, that's what they do is they remind you again and again and again, come back to center, come back to center, come back to center. And trust me, we need to hear it almost every second. We do. So welcome to the Sex Den Podcast. Mm -hmm. This is what we're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) We love you all. We love you and we'll see you next week. Today's episode is sponsored by the one and only Amber Bath Bathing Essentials. To get the best scrubs, salts, salves, body butters in the world, I think. Do you think? I think. Yeah. And when we're talking about the best products in the world, what we mean is literally between two and four ingredients in all of the products, no water, no synthetic fragrances, no parabens, no sulfates, no bullshit that's in these products. They are delicious, pure, handcrafted in California. And Camille and I, literally, these were our first jobs, was going to <laughs> farmer's markets and schlepping product. Yes, because so, the owner is the original den mother, a.k.a. our mother. Yes. So <laughs> if you're into locally grown, handcrafted, family-run, women-power businesses – Go to amberbath.com and use the code WOLFPACK at checkout for 20% off your order and a free little gift from your dead mothers. 